As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Friday night. And tonight we're going to wrap up our home group on the subject of signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. And tonight we're going to cover the final greatest blaring sign that we're at the very, very end of the age. And Jesus is about to come for his church. But I want to remind you that tonight is the last night we're offering you our free download called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes. It's 10 parts. Joel, should they get this? Absolutely. That is a big study guide. And Dad puts a lot of work in those study guides. And we have many of them on many different subjects. So if you've been wondering about a certain subject, you can go to our website and you can get one of these down, one of these study guides on that certain subject. You know, can you imagine somebody making a big meal for you, putting it all on the table, and then you never come to eat. It just sits there and rots. It's terrible. That would be such a disappointment. That's kind of how I feel about my study guides. I've put it on the table for you. We put all the ingredients in it. The whole thing's been cooked up. It's been prepared. It's filled with everything, and it's on the table. All you have to do is pull up a chair and eat. And you do that by going online at renner.org and just downloading it. It is free. Please come get it. The dinner bell is ringing. This is your free study guide. And I want to encourage you to also order the whole series. And tonight is the last night that we're offering it. Signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. It is marvelous. If you want to really know where we are on this journey, this will help you know. And the book by the same name. And tonight I'm going to be reading a little bit more from it again. Please get this. It's at renner.org. And be sure that you order Last Day's Survival Guide. You want to know what's amazing about this book, guys? When I wrote this book, Denise knows I talked about it for years and years. And then all of a sudden I felt like there was a breath of God that breathed upon me. It was time to write it. And I wrote it really fast. I mean, this book just popped out of me almost. And I finished it in December. And then in the first of the year, all this pandemic stuff began. This book was really written on time. And do you know, this book has remained in the very top of bestsellers ever since it hit the market because it was really on time for people. People are buying this all over the world. And if you don't have a copy of it, please go to renner.org and order yours tonight. You need it. This book will help you know how to deal with all the nonsense we're dealing with. We're living in a nutty world. It's not going to change. It's going to, in fact, the Bible says it's going to get even crazier as we get to the end of the age. So we need to know how to keep our heads on straight. And that's what this book is about. It will help you or it will help somebody that you love. And if you need prayer, please write to us, prayer at renner.org. Or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. But let's begin tonight by welcoming Paul Renner. All right. If you are a Rick Renner reader, then you will get this. You need the book Survival Guide so that you will understand and be able to cope with the signs you see just before Jesus comes when you see that the world has gone crazy. Okay. You just combined three books together. Did you get that? 
<laughs> Last days survival guide, signs you'll see just before Jesus comes, and how to keep your head yeah, on straight in a world gone crazy. Great. You're funny. <laughs> they're all great books, and it's amazing that they're all seemingly on the same subject, but totally different books. A totally different approach to the same subject, which is actually quite a feat for the same person to write three books on the same subject and have three different approaches that all actually match up with each other at the end. But there are three totally different books. Yes. But Paul, your humor is so much fun. Welcome home group. You know, I just want to say, honey, hand me your book, the, the big one. Which one? That one. They're all big, big. Denise. Well, this one's really big. This one's like 400 and some pages. <laughs> but it's got big print. That's always comforting. And I just want to say, because we need to be equipped and honestly i know I, I mean i know he's my husband but truly he is one of the very best bible teachers in the world today and i believe god has placed him in this place to to help to to help the body to navigate through this time with not fear but with hope and with encouragement. And this book is going to help equip your heart against fear and is going to equip you to know what to say to somebody else. And that's so important right now. Jesus' heart, I mean, he wants us to make it absolutely and thrive through this time. But he, his heart is for those people around us that do not know him. He died for them. He suffered for them just as he suffered for you. And so, you, so we need to give them this hope in him. Amen, Denise. I want to say thank you for those words about me. I don't know that I'm one of the best Bible teachers in the world. I just know my part is to bring meat and potatoes to the table. I'm not sensationalist. I'm not going to take you on a thrilling ride, but I'm going to give you something that will build your life. <coughs> my job is to bring meat and potatoes, and my prayer is for a revival of the Bible in Amen. people's lives. I want to see people return to the Bible. So many people today are moved, they're shaken because they're listening to this prophetic word or that prophetic word or this dream or that vision. You know what? All that's fine. But my friend, the Bible is the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. In fact, it's an amazing thing when you read Peter's words in 1 Peter. He says, he, because in Peter's day, there were people claiming all kinds of big divine revelations and visions and prophetic words. And Peter says, hey, we saw Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw him in his glory. There was power. There was a cloud. There was a voice that came out of heaven. He's describing the experience everybody would love to have. And then he wraps it up by saying, but you know what? We have a more sure word of prophecy. And he started talking about the Bible. Peter says the Bible is more stable. It is more reliable than what I saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. He wasn't dismissing his encounter. He was just saying the Bible is a more sure word of prophecy. I'm for all these prophecies, dreams, visions. I think it's all fine as long as they're real. But my friends, it's all second class compared to the Bible. And today when people are wanting to know prophetically what's coming, they're looking for dreams, they're looking for visions, they're looking for prophetic words. 
We have the Bible right in front of us. The Bible will tell us what's coming. It is the most credible source of revelation. Anyway, we need a revival of the Bible. Say amen. 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 Okay, tonight we're going to wrap it up. The last greatest sign that Jesus is coming from the Bible. So let's go to Matthew 24 and let's review our anchor verse one last time. Matthew 24, verse 3. And as he sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? We've already seen they were asking for road markers. Lord, what are the markers we're going to see on the road to tell us where we are in our journey to the very, very end of the age? How will we know when we've come to the wrap-up of this age? And in Matthew 24, 4 to 14... In Mark 13, 5 to 13, and in Luke 21, 8 to 19, Jesus enumerates a long list of signs, road signs, that we'll see, tell us where we are on the journey. They asked for one, but Jesus gave them many. So let me enumerate them. In Matthew 24, 4, Jesus said there would be worldwide deception at the very end of the age. So are we seeing that? Then Matthew 24, 5, Jesus said there would be deception in the church at the very end of the age, widespread. Are we seeing that? In Matthew 24, 6, Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars. The word rumors describes nonstop flow of information ringing in the ears. It's really describing the information age. Are we seeing that? Jesus said in Luke 21, 9, there would be commotions, which really describes anarchy, upheavals in society. Are we seeing that? In Luke 21, 9, Jesus said there would be widespread terrorism. When we were growing up, none of us knew anything about terrorism. Today, even in Moscow, you have to walk through a metal detector to go into church. You have to walk through a metal detector to go into any mall. That is true in most of the world today. Terrorism has become an issue, has it not? Or how about Matthew 24, 7, where Jesus said there would be warring political systems... The Greek describes one ideology trying to decimate the other. They're not just disagreeing. They're trying to decimate one another. Are we seeing that? Jesus said in Matthew 24, 7, there would be a clash of cultures and ethnic conflicts. Are we seeing that? Jesus said in Matthew 24, 7, there would be famines and economic instability. It is widespread. We're all seeing that. Matthew 24, 7, Jesus said there would be pestilences, plural, which includes pandemics that affect global populations. And in Matthew 24, 7, Jesus said there would be great seismic activity all around the world, an increase of seismic activity. Are we seeing that? In Matthew 24, 9, Jesus said there would be widespread persecution of the church, legal prosecution of Christians, even the imprisonment of believers. So I ask you, are we seeing that? In Matthew 24, 11, Jesus said there would be the emergence of widespread false religious movements. Are we seeing that? Then we saw last night in Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said there would be the love of many waxing cold. We're definitely seeing that. In Luke 21, 11, Jesus mentioned two things which hold a mystery for us. Fearful sights, which in Greek describes monsters or monstrous developments. And signs coming down out of the sky, out of the heavens. There's a mystery in that. But tonight we come to the last one, which is in verse 14, where Jesus says, when you see this, you, my friend, have come to the end of the age. 
Okay, what is it? Here we go. Matthew 24, verse 14. Are you ready? Ready. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And what? And we'll then. hear it. And what? What's that second word? Then. And then. The word then is the Greek word tote. It means exactly, precisely then. Shall the what come? The end. The end. The wrap up will come. That was the question they asked when this conversation began. What is the sign that we've come to the end of the age? So now Jesus has given them all of these signs and enumerated this long, 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 long list. But now he answers the question, the big, 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 big sign. When you see this one, then. The Greek word tote, then, precisely at that moment, the end, the word end is the Greek word telos, the end, the wrap up, the completion, the summation of the whole deal, it will occur. Now, I have to read to you tonight, again, a last time, from signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. But first, do we have any comments from our home group? I have a question. Yes. Before we read, probably you have the answer in there. Okay. But I want to know Paul's opinion. Have all the nations of the world heard the gospel? I think every country has had the ability to accept or reject the gospel. But I do not believe that every people group has had the opportunity to accept or reject the gospel. But I actually do have another question. Is this referring to every single person on the earth? No, it is not. And I'm going to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Because when we were young, I always thought this meant that every single person on the earth had to hear the gospel. On every single island. On every island. In every forest. But the Bible doesn't say that. And I'm going to show you tonight what the Bible really does say. It's talking about the availability of the gospel. When the gospel has become available to every people in every nation, in every language, then the end will come. Which speaks of the mercy of God. Oh, it's amazing. He wants it to be available for every person to either accept or reject because that's our choice. We're the ones that choose to accept or reject. All right, let's look at this. Matthew 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. First of all, the word preach, the Greek word kiruso, means to preach or to herald by any means. Any means can include media. To herald by any means. But here's the big question that Paul asked and Joel asked. What does that mean, all the world? Well, guess what? It's not the word cosmos. It is not the word gates. This is a very unique word that is used here, which was only used one way. I love these one-way words because you cannot misinterpret them. This word world is the Greek word that was used to describe, are you ready for this? The Roman Empire. Only the civilized world. It wasn't the whole world, every island, every tribe, everywhere. It was the civilized or sophisticated or technologically advanced world. Now I'm going to take this further, so don't run away. Stay with me. That's really what it describes. It is a Greek word, which is a compound of two words. The word oikos, the word for a house, and the word meno, which means to stay, but compounded together in all the world describes the inhabited world or where people live in cities, towns, villages, or in technologically advanced places. In other words, the gospel of the kingdom eventually could be heard 
in the world that is civilized or the civilized world. Now listen to this. It goes on to say, a witness to all the nations. The word nations is the Greek word ethnos, which describes nations or in all ethnic groups. And here Jesus is proclaiming the gospel will be brought to every nation, every single ethnic group all over the world. Now, 100 years ago, and for nearly 2,000 years of church history, missionaries had to personally go to other parts of the world. And my goodness, what heroes, heroes of faith they were. Mm -hmm. You know, when missionaries used to go to other parts of the world, they didn't take luggage. They packed all their clothes in their caskets. And they took their caskets with them because many died en route because it was so difficult to get there. And many died after they got their early lives and could never come back to be buried. So they took their clothes in their caskets. Even in the first century, it is amazing where the apostles went and preached the gospel in a world where it was so difficult to travel. It was treacherous to go by ship. It was dangerous to go by foot. What a price people paid to go all over the world. Even when we first came to this part of the world 30 years ago, you know, it was pretty dangerous for us to come here 30 years ago. We were totally disconnected from the West. We couldn't even pick up the phone and call our families. We had to order a phone call. We didn't know if the call would go through. We had no contact with the Western world. When we came here, we were in total isolation. We were here before the embassy was opened. There was not even an embassy where we were living. But now 30 years have passed, and guess what? The world's changed. The world has really changed. The world has become so sophisticated, so technologically advanced, you can reach the other part of the world without ever leaving your home. Now, nothing will ever replace the hands-on touch of a missionary, and of course, we are an apostolic missionary family. We believe in that. But the truth is today, because of technology, you can go everywhere without ever going anywhere. Isn't that amazing, Paul? It's absolutely amazing. We were talking about travel the other day and how only after World War II, travel became so accessible. And ever since travel became so accessible, it seems like information has just been traveling at light speed until now. I mean, advancements are happening so fast. Mm -hmm. We are definitely, although we're in the now, if we were to look back just a few years ago, it looked like we were in a futuristic movie by now. We're not even going places to meet with each other anymore. We have to actually say, now is this an in-person meeting or are we meeting somewhere online? Yeah, that's we, right. We have to actually check and see because most of our meetings are now not in person. Well, even this home group. I mean, we used to say home group. You thought of just a few people sitting around the coffee table in a living room. Here we are thousands of us online, and we're having a real home group. Things have changed. There are Russian pastors in America whose main ministry is to Russia from America. I mean, the world has totally changed. You don't even have to leave your home to reach a certain group of people. You just have to organize it online. Well, because Jesus used this word, all the world, which describes the inhabited world or the technically advanced world, it tells us something about the end of the age. The end of the age will be technically advanced. Now, I want to tell you a story. Denise and I were in Vietnam visiting some missionaries, and they took us on a road trip. And as we were driving through Vietnam, and parts of Vietnam are like life 500 years ago, I looked out of my window into the rice paddy field where there are women wearing their big oriental hats and 
clothing, driving ox carts that look like they are from centuries and centuries ago, doing everything no differently than they probably did 500 years ago. I'm looking at them out in the middle of those rice paddies, pushing that ox cart, talking on mobile phones. And the mobile phones looked like they were nicer than my mobile phones. And I said, you know what? We are at the end of the age. Now, how many mobile phones do you think there are in the world today? I think there are more mobile phones than there are people on the earth. Nope, nope. No? There's nearly 8 billion people. And out of 8 billion people, there are more than 5 billion mobile phones. That didn't take very long. (laughs) 5 billion. And the majority of the 5 billion mobile phones have access to the... Internet. Internet. That means if you have access to the Internet, you have access to the preaching of the gospel. All right, now here's what's even more amazing. It used to be, to be a missionary, to reach the world, you had to learn everybody else's language. But now, the majority of the world is speaking English. And in some situations, translation is provided by the internet. Is readily available. But you know what's interesting? In the first century, when Jesus was empowering the disciples to go, the whole world spoke Greek. It is the first time since the first century the whole world has been united in a single language. What happened in the beginning is exactly what's happening at the end. And today you can go anywhere in the world. You may have to occasionally use an interpreter, but generally you will find people everywhere who speaks English And here's something else. Okay, listen to this. Okay, I'm going to read to you this. I mean, these statistics are just amazing to me. Listen. Okay, there are about 7,000 people groups that have never heard the gospel. But with all the advances being made today in more sophisticated technology, we can reach them very quickly. And in fact, because of technology, we can even reach them in their own languages. Technology is changing at all. It is the first time this has ever been possible. Through this type of digital and cellular technology, the possibility of the gospel reaching the technologically advanced world is in front of us. It's amazing. Paul? So this isn't actually saying that we have to reach every single person. Jesus never said that. It's saying we have... He said it will be heralded in all the nations of the world and to every ethnic group. Mm -hmm. It never says to every person. It's just going to be available. And I want to read one more thing. What's more amazing to me is that there are thousands of TV channels in the world today that have the potential to carry Christian broadcasting in nearly every tongue of the world. These stations are airing programs to approximately 2 billion connected television sets that reach multiple billions of households. It's amazing. And even though there are still approximately 3.5 billion people on the earth who have never heard the gospel, the gospel message is being made available through technology like never, never before. It means the end of the age is very near. Now, here's what I believe really grieves the heart of God. At this moment, when it is easier to reach people than it has ever been to reach people, many churches are pulling back on their giving to missions. They've lost a heart for it. 
it really shouldn't surprise us because they don't give an invitation for the lost to be saved in their church. They don't preach about eternity. They don't preach about hell. It's like they're all focused on the here and now. People are going to hell and they need to be reached. And Jesus gave us the Great Commission. It did not go away. It is still the Great Commission. And there's nothing wrong with building your buildings and developing your own ministry. You need to do all of that. I'm the pastor of a church. We do that in our church. But we can't forget that there are people who need to be reached. And when all this technology is available, we need to maximize. We need to use our funds to go or to empower those who have the ability to go. Now, we have in our own ministry what we call IGNC, which is the Internet Good News Church. And do you realize that through the Internet Good News Church, which is in the Russian language, we have a congregation of nearly 200,000 people all over the world who attend our church regularly. We have our TV program. We have books. We have our media outreach, social media outreach, all of this. And hey, we're just one ministry. Multiply that by others that are also doing good jobs. And for the first time ever, the availability of the gospel is going into all the whole world because the world has become technologically connected. And Jesus says, when this happens, then the end will come, the Greek says, tote, precisely then, welcome to the telos, welcome to the end. You want to know what is the sign that the end of the world is upon us? Jesus said, this is the final, this is the greatest, most blaring sign of all. You've come to the end of the age. So let's use our resources. If you're a partner, I want to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. Let's use our prayer, our energy, everything we have to get that gospel to the ends of the world. God loves people. He wants them to be reached. And God has designed the end of the age so at least they will have the opportunity. At least they will have the opportunity through technology. This has been good. Have a great weekend. We're praying for you. Pray for us. Hey, pray for us. We need prayer to sleep well. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.